Broadcasting live from the R&R Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Yeah, you know, that's the nature of this business. Uh, guys are going going down. There's new guys in the building every day. It's just, it's a crazy business, uh, to say the least. But, you know, it's the next man up mentality. Um, obviously, losing Gerald um, is huge. And we've we've talked a ton since uh, since the game, and it, you know, it broke my heart. Uh, that dude has done so much work to get back. And to see him go out like that is, is horrible and unfortunate. But, you know, he's still going to be a part of this group uh, no matter what. So... Um, it sucks, but yeah, obviously Denzel as well. Like he dude's been working his tail off. So, you know, you gotta, you obviously gotta, you know, feel for them. But at the same time, you know, the the show, the show keeps going. So uh, we just gotta keep getting prepared. Everybody's gotta stay ready and take care of themselves. Yeah, the show keeps going. Um, they don't cancel games in the NFL aside from some crazy kind of a situation. Uh, they're not gonna reschedule the games. They're not gonna change the time of the game. It uh, doesn't matter, you know, um, who's hurt, who's not hurt. If you got 53 guys, which every team does, it's time to go play. Uh, and that was the voice of Raiders defensive end Max Crosby. Congratulations to Max Crosby, by the way. Uh, he is the NFL Defensive Player of the Week award winner, and rightfully so. I said yesterday the level that he showed on Monday, if he can sustain that, that's Pro Bowl level. You're going to – if 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 Max Crosby – continues to play like that, a well-rounded game, uh, an impact game, a timely game, making flash plays, being a difference maker. That's when you start talking about Pro Bowls and All Pros and that type of thing. So we'll see if Max Crosby uh, can keep that up. But as he talked about today, the injuries are piling up. Yesterday, the Raiders lost Denzel Good um, to a season-ending knee injury. Today, they woke up to the news that Gerald McCoy same exact situation, knee injury. He's done for the year. I uh, feel really bad for Gerald McCoy. He worked his butt off um, to get back from the injury that knocked him out of all last year when he was at the Dallas Cowboys. He was just kind of rounding into form, just settling in uh, with his new teammates here in uh, Las Vegas. Really had emerged as a leader, uh, even though he was barely here uh, just for a few months uh, coming in, you know, uh, during training camp. Uh, but he's gone, and now they got to move on with him, without him, uh, and without Denzel Good. And that's just the nature of the business, and nobody knows that better than my uh, great co-host, Lincoln Kennedy. And by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Lincoln, you just heard Max Crosby talking about, hey, man, the show goes on, and that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL. The Raiders had 17 players on the injured list uh, today. A couple of them, Denzel Good and uh, Gerald McCoy, ended up on the injured reserve list. They're gone for the season, but it's next man up. Next game uh, has to be played, and that's just the way she goes, man. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. What's up, Vinny? How you doing, man? I'm um, doing good, brother. It's it's you know it's really unfortunate, especially for for Gerald, but but both for Denzel and Gerald. I'm, I'm not don't want to misspeak here. When I when I talk about this this injury situation, you know Denzel worked his butt off to make himself a starter, to make himself regarded as a starter. He, he and he earned it last year. He played exceptionally well last year uh, in every place that they put him, whether it was tackle and guard and substitution for incognito. So coming back, I know he had to be looking forward to the opportunity to prove his value, to prove his worth. 
because, uh, you know, it, 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 you work your way up the ladder, and once you get there, it's, it, it's what you got to do with it. And, and for Gerald McCoy, you know, here's a guy who came out and was the third pick in the draft, I think it was, yep. uh, when he came out of Oklahoma and had a great career down in Tampa Bay. They decided to move on from him. Um, and, you know, just trying to find his place, goes to Dallas and gets, and gets hurt. Um, you know, the, the thing is that you can never, ever predict injuries. Injuries are a part of the game. But for Gerald's sake, I really feel bad for him because, you know, you saw him during preseason show his value. Of course, he was going to give against twos and threes, and guys probably aren't playing now, but he still was a force, and he showed that he wanted to play, and he didn't take anything for granted, you know, uh, and, and he was appreciative of the opportunity. The Raiders got him fairly cheap to show off his – to showcase his abilities uh, for the season, and, and he was going to be a great addition to the rotation at defensive line. So – Two interior linemen, two injuries that you can't necessarily uh, immediately recover from, but you have to because, as you mentioned already, the show must go on. Yeah, and a short week after an emotional win. Uh, no rest for the weary, uh, obviously. The, the you know the Raiders today, uh, actually, they, they rescheduled, or not rescheduled, but they tinkered uh, with their practice a little bit today. They were supposed to go through a full uh, practice. Instead, they went through a, uh, a walkthrough. As I mentioned, Lincoln, 17 players on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole bunch of them were, did not participate. Uh, one, I thought, promising um, uh, declaration was uh, Yannick Ngakwe. I know it was just a walkthrough, but he was at least limited uh, in the walkthrough. He was out there, unlike Josh Jacobs and... Uh, Carl Nassib and a bunch of other guys that you know weren't able to even get through the the uh, a walkthrough or participate in a walkthrough. Um, so maybe Unique Ngakwe is pointed in the right direction. Boy, that would be a huge lift uh, if he can play in this game against the Steelers. I would I would I would count against it. In all honesty, Vinny, I, I would count against it mainly because you're dealing with a soft tissue like a hamstring. Yes, it might recover during the week, but when you try to turn that on, if you don't have the proper amount of healing. Then, then it's it's it, you're going to pop it, and you're going to do even more damage. Um, and it's such a quick turnaround. And it's, you know, here's the thing that you got to remember, Vinny. When you're playing, especially the, the the lines, you're going up against people who are bigger sometimes, and 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 um and um weighting and size and stuff like that. Can you imagine a defensive end trying to push or bull rush or get around, accelerate around, and and with that hamstring already being somewhat, you know, iffy, if you know what I mean? So. This, you know, I honestly felt coming into the season, Vinny, as a little side note, that we were going to get in sort of load management like we've seen in the NBA. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're going to get with this 17th game and the way these guys are going and, and the way they showed they, they showed that, you know, their 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 hands during uh, preseason, there's going to be load management. Now, I'm not saying that Pittsburgh is a game that you can overlook. You can't really overlook any game. However, you have to weigh what is what is your, your pros and cons. If um if Carl Nassib can go and the severe extent of his injury, what did he suffer from? Do you know? Uh, he had. Let me uh, uh, get to that really quick. I want to make sure that I give everybody the right information. Um, Carl was a, a pectoral and a toe. Oh, okay. So he's got a, he's got a pectoral uh, strain. Okay, so he's got a, a chest strain. But if you can guard that, and a lot of times they do that with um, um a type of um um what is it 
so what am I looking for? It's a type of guard where you don't get full extension. It keeps it protected. Gotcha. You can still have motion, but it, it's it's. I don't even know. I'm losing it's, my mind. It's, it's saying you can't reach that far. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or you can't open up that far. It's I mean, right. No we're we're protecting you. you from you. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. And, and doing something because a lot of times your body is just dealing with muscle memory, so it goes through a natural motion. So if you can't extend that far, a brace. That's what I'm talking about. There you oh, go. Gotcha. Straight. Gotcha. Yeah, a, a brace that prevents it. So, but you, you're better off with going with that for Carl Nassib than you are. You can't brace a hamstring. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know what I mean? So, um, but with that being said, you know, right now, the guys, the veterans on this squad should be well versed and very familiar with the, the scheme and everything else that practices just going through the motions. So that's why you're, you're, you can go through a walkthrough like you can today. Yeah, practice, uh, obviously doing deep dives into the Pittsburgh Steelers, understanding what – a lot of it is, uh, you know, above the shoulders type Certainly. stuff. And, yeah. uh, and just, you know, being on your P's and Q's in that regard. And I'm with you on, you know, the quote-unquote load management. I remember when the, when the Raiders signed, um, you know, uh, Kenyon Drake in mm-hmm. March. I remember mm-hmm. texting somebody and I was like, you know, hey, so what's the thought process behind this? And one of the first things that, uh, you know, got spat back to me uh, on a text was, did you check to see how many games we're playing next year? Yep. And, you know, and I know that 16, you know, 16 to 17 doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, 16 games is a long season. And you know that. And it's a long grind of a season, battle of attrition. Uh, you know, you're just you're mentally trying to get over all types of different ailments that you're dealing with mm-hmm. just to be able to get that out there and play uh, 16 games, let alone another game. It is a big deal. So uh, your 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 load management reference, I think, uh, is applicable, applicable here. And we're already seeing uh, even with that that there's no real defense against, you know, just basically Mother Nature and the nature of football. Uh, I am a little concerned, Lincoln, uh, with with Josh Jacobs. You know, again, we mentioned Kenyon Drake. Why do you sign Kenyon Drake? Well, look at how many games we're playing this year. How many games has Josh Jacobs missed these last first two years? Um, So there was was already a, hey, this guy – uh, you know, is a gamer, and there's no question about it. Uh, but he gets hurt, and yeah. and there's that's been an issue. And so a 17th game is only going to expound that issue. So needs some coverage. Well, uh, you're thinking game seven, game eight in that regard. Like that's that's when that starts really rearing its ugly, ugly head. Lincoln, game one. Oh yeah. All oh, of yeah. a sudden, you know, uh, he's he's not in a great place right now. No, no, he's not. And and that's you know that's the unfortunate thought you know that I had coming into this show today and and thinking after you know week one I'm like okay you you tell me that you rested a majority of your starters you know for again we go back to the preseason and, yep. and, and look let me let me make the argument clear for those who are just joining us or just hear just hear my points I believe there's a certain callus that you build up by practicing hard by playing in games there's a there's there's a callus there's a condition that you treat your body that you change your body now when it comes to practice especially when you're practicing against your own team everybody's going to brother-in-law it I'm not going to go hard against him that's my boy I'm not going to hurt him I don't want him to get hurt I don't want him to hurt me so let's just get through the practice let's survive to play another day that's why so many teams are thinking that's valuable for you to have team on team practices during training camp yeah you're gonna see more of those you're gonna see more of those so you get a little bit out that however there's a certain there's a certain energy that goes through your body on game day. There's a certain energy that comes out and anticipation. 
and especially when you're on primetime football, where you're on Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, those types of games, there's an, there's an adrenaline rush that goes. So then all of a sudden you want to take the thinking out. You just want to perform. Your muscles want to perform. Your muscles are going to perform on muscle memory, and you're going to ask them to charge. You're going to ask them to do everything they can for you to win that play or win that game. A lot of times, without having in that conditioning, you, call, you set yourself up for injury. Not saying that it happens all the time and all the people, but you set yourself up for injury. You tell me after game one, 17 people on the injury reserve or on the injury list. How many of them didn't practice? Two were lost for the year. Yeah. Where's the game? Right. See what I'm saying? Where's yeah. the game? No. Where, 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 where are we? What are we gaining from this? Because we have such a such a big load reduction. Now you talk about our star running back, who, you know. He, he, didn't even finish the game, really. I mean, he he had he had he was no, had a noticeable limp, that's going to carry him into the next week. So now all of a sudden we got to start load managing now, and it's a very tricky game when you play as far as getting the timing, the rhythm, and stuff like that. Because let's face it, Derek Carr didn't really come to life until the second half, or, to, or towards the end of the second right. you know, second quarter when he let down and got that field goal. But from then it started looking better. Now we can't afford to lose that momentum, right? Right, no doubt about it. We're gonna to have to plug a new guard in. You see what I'm saying? Who knows if Richie Incognito will be able to play? We might have to plug two guards in. Yep. So where does that leave our offensive line? Where does that leave our running game? We have to be more balanced as far as the philosophy is concerned of going into Pittsburgh and playing a high-powered team, a high-powered defense. We've got to be more balanced. We can't ask our quarterback again to back up 56, 54, 56 times a game. Yeah, that's not sustainable, especially on the road. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know, we, you know uh, when you throw it that many times – you're just increasing the chances, or I should say, likelihood that something bad's going to happen. Turnover. It, it always does. Whether yeah, it was the interception uh, in in overtime, sacks uh, that could lead to turnovers. So um, they actually did, in my estimation, Lincoln, a pretty darn good job uh, of you know fifty nine. If you if you count the sacks, uh, that was fifty nine times that. Derek Carr dropped back to pass mm-hmm. on Monday. That's just a ridiculous uh, number. I get it. There are times in a game, whatever the game might be, where you got to do what you got to do. And if it's if if you got to ask your quarterback to throw it fifty six darn times, that's just the way it's got to be. That's the only path to victory. You do it, but you don't want to do that week after week after week, right? Uh, because that's just gonna you know put put him in a position where a mistake is bound to happen it's it's inevitable that it's going to happen so i'm with you um and i here's my thing you were you you you're talking about balancing it out i think it's an it's it's a must that they balance it out uh, with a, a, a fundamental fundamentally good running game but envisioning that path to them being able to do that is getting a little bit more difficult for me right now when you consider where Josh Jacobs is health-wise, where Kenyon Drake apparently has a little something going on. i got to check the uh, check in on him. Um, and then that offensive line, uh, where, where the offensive line is. So, Lincoln, I ask you, all right, you want to run the ball. How are you going to do it? How do you go about it, given where they are physically right now? Well, you can't. It's not like – I mean, you could you could try to go out there and practice it as much as you want, but you can't. You're not going to get that game speed. Um, no, I'm talking about on Sunday. Where on Sunday, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, you, that's that's just it. You don't have it. I mean, unless you go to Trey Regis, right? I mean, that's the only one who's had game experience in the preseason, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I um, mean, because Jalen Richard didn't didn't practice. He's not even with the team anymore. If I don't think, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go off. the Yeah, top he of my is. Head. He's but you oh, know, injured reserve. He's and, gone oh, he's, for and he's IR. Okay, yeah. so uh, so I don't have the depth chart in front of me. So I'm, you're talking about the running backs. The only one that I know that had any type of you know got any type of groove was during the preseason with Nathan Peterman was Reyes, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he got called up from the practice squad on Monday. Didn't see any uh, actual game action that I saw anyway. Right. That definitely didn't uh, run the ball or catch it. So, um, you know, I'm looking at this at this uh, injury report. It just kind of uh, jogged my memory a little bit because John Gruden had talked about uh, some sort of an issue, leg issue with Kenyon Drake, but he's not on the injured list in any form or fashion today, which should be a good thing. Um, you know, it might have to be the Kenyon Drake uh, show come Sunday. And well, just, let me ask you this, Vinny, yeah. because you've seen a lot more practices than I have. Now, just from perception standards, I, I know what Kenyon Drake has done in the past, but it's not typically the same type of running style that Jacobs has. Am I correct? No, not at all. They're, so it's yeah. a different type of offensive philosophy, play calling, runs that you can use. I mean, it's, 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 it's typical. You know, you have one for one back, you have other plays for another back. So there's an adjustment there that you have to keep in mind. And we also have to keep in mind that, um, excuse me, we're bringing along, you know, two guards possibly who haven't blocked for him before. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, you want to go in there. You, you almost have to go into P- Pittsburgh and be able to run the darn ball. You, yeah. you just with that crowd, with that kind of defense, uh, you start getting into you know some some third and long. Uh, that's not the world you want to be operating in uh, in in Pittsburgh against that kind of a defense. What they're going to be dialing up. So it's imperative that the Raiders run the ball. But right. as I look at it, it's going to be really difficult for them uh, to create that. Unless- now, as I, I look at the depth chart, they've got Peyton Barber sit listed as three. Did we see him during preseason? I don't remember his name. He got signed after uh, the preseason. preseason. And okay, so, no, so, yeah. there, so it's almost a similar situation to what the, uh, the, what the Ravens just had. Yes. You know, just having a brand new back in the backfield. You know what I mean? Because Regis has never started an NFL game if he's in there or, you know, if they go with King and Drake to change up and where Peyton Barber is in the offense. Yes, exactly. Um, and so I, I would think that, you know, uh, it's, it's you're going to, you know, we'll see where Josh Jacobs is physically yeah. on, on Sunday. But um, where he was on Monday, uh-huh. I didn't look great to me, Lincoln. Right. Um, so uh, you're probably going to have to lean a little bit he- more, uh, a little heavier into, into Kenyon Drake. See what Peyton Barber's all about, and Trey Ragas. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what he's all about. But it's just, you know... But then again, at, at some point, Lincoln, you got to make it happen. Like, like it doesn't matter who's lining up at guard. It doesn't matter who's lining up at tackle. It doesn't matter who's lining up, uh, you know, in the backfield. If if the Raiders want to win this game, they're going to have to run the ball. I think anyway. Uh, and and to do that, they're just going to have to be determined to do that. It might not have to be. They don't have to run for two hundred yards. Uh, but you know, they got to stick with it and make sure that. The Steelers honor it because, to me, that's really the only way that they're going to be able to to um, to create a situation where they're going to be able to also effectively throw the ball. Well, I mean, there's part the part of the reason that Gruden always prefers balance is because he wants to win the time of possession, right? And he wants to control the the, the momentum of the game. And you you know, look, Ben Roethlisberger is a future Hall of Famer, and he's got enough receivers around him. Obviously, he can toss around the ball. But if they have to score touchdowns because when the field gets condensed in the red zone, it becomes that much harder, then it's that much – it's stacking up against you. However, you still got to have that balance. 
You, you can't go out there and throw 59, 60 times and expect, to, and expect to come out. You can't. And right now, you can't get in a marathon uh, uh, game with another team because you just don't have the depth to do it. You know what I mean? And there, there were many people who were asking, why did the Ravens choose to throw an all-out blitz at their time? Did you not see how many guys had their hands on their knees and hips? How many guys were fatigued after that game, that, that exhausting game on the Ravens' sideline? Yeah. I mean, so, that, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator, you say, look, look we got to try to make a play because we're playing five quarters and then some football, you know, and, and it's a physical game. You, you throw all the cautions in the wind and you throw an all-out blitz and you got burned for it. So it's, it's, it's similar to what the Jets did when they played them last year. So um, – you know, this is going to be a very difficult game. I'm just going to call it like it is. It's going to be a very difficult game. There are a lot of intangibles that have to happen, and they need all people in the deck. John Simpson played well last week, I, and, um, and, 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 and I'm hoping that he can again duplicate it. But um, you're going to have to have max protection in there. So if you want to get Darren Waller out, you're going to have to bring in Foster Moreau, um, and you're going to have to help out Alex Leatherwood. Because PJ Watt is a force. Yeah, and uh, the way I, you know, as I'm sizing it up, uh, you know, I'm I'm almost thinking, you know, uh, your defense has got to show up. That's yes. that's the other part of this equation. You're not like you said, you're not going to win a marathon. I don't think this is going to be um, a game that the Raiders can count on being able to just score 28, 30 points a game in this game. Uh, I'm almost thinking that that defense has got to be like in the 13, 14 point range with oh, the yeah. Steelers, and I know that's hard to do. But but if you want to win a game, you got to do what you got to do, and this yeah. might be one of those seventeen fourteen type affairs where you got to tell your defense, look, man, you see what's in this locker room right now, and what's wrapped up, and who's hurt, and who's limping around here. You can see it as well as I can. Uh, so we're gonna need you today uh, to really hold it down. So we'll see if the defense, and I think they're capable of doing it, especially against I think a quarterback that they're going to be able to get some shots against uh, in, in Big Ben uh, and maybe make some life difficult for him. We'll see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, well, you know, you got to respect them, obviously. You know, it's like I said, that ball touched the ground. But, uh, uh, you know, we've had our fair share of battles in my career, too, which is fun for me to have a little bit of part of the history, you know, uh, of that rivalry. And uh, you grow up and you watch all the NFL films, videos, and then, uh, you know, you grow up and you watch, um, you know, Rich Gannon, you watch Terrell Pryor, you know, take a 90-yarder, you know, uh, you know, down the middle right before I got here. You know, yeah, just there's so many memories of plays and things like that. Um, you know, we're, you know, at the home game, you know, we throw a touchdown to Derek Carrier. They run a hook and ladder. I mean, just some crazy stuff, you know, where, you know, they end up, I think it was a drop snap or something like that on a field goal to, you know, tie it or win the game. And, just so many, there's a lot of memories, you know, and my, you know, memories of, you know, throwing to Crabtree right down the middle to take, you know, tie it up or take the lead and, you know, Antonio Brown going for 300 yards or whatever he had that day and watching Charles Woodson chase him down at 40 something years old. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just crazy, crazy memories um, when you think about these two teams. And I'm just, I'm blessed that I just get to live a life where I get to be a part of that, honestly. As a football fan, um, I'm honored that I get to even step on the field at, you know, Heinz Field and play against these guys. It's, it's cool for me as a fan, uh, but as a competitor, you want to go out and win the game.
That's Derek Carr talking about the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, the Raiders. And it is an illustrious history uh, for many years. I know the older Raider fans uh, of the bunch and of our listeners can vividly remember uh, a time in the 70s where the Pittsburgh Steelers were kept knocking the Raiders out of the playoffs. The Raiders didn't go to some Super Bowls because of uh, the greatness of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there were a couple of, uh, as Derek mentioned, the ball hitting the ground, uh, the immaculate reception that um, to this day many people dispute. Um, and and that was, you know, one of the reasons why the Raiders weren't in a Super Bowl earlier. Um, they kept knocking heads with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was a bitter, bitter rivalry between two uh, tremendous Great organizations, physical football teams, intimidating football teams, um, the whole nine yards. So when you start thinking, Lincoln Kennedy, of Steelers against Raiders, as I was sitting there listening to Derek talking about it today uh, over at the practice facility in, in Henderson, I was getting fired up because I started thinking about all the games that I watched as a kid, usually that late afternoon game uh, or sometimes early in the morning. Uh, and on the West Coast, they were always going to show the Raiders Man, that was those matchups were like etched in my memory. Yeah, yeah, and we had um, we had very many games. I mean, I, I remember, uh, I remember two thousand two. Um, Bill Cowher was still coaching there uh, in Pittsburgh, and we went back and we beat him thirty to seventeen. I think it was, but it was games like that where, you know, the the, the rivalry was all, all always there. I mean, for for us, we knew. The, St- the Steelers through and through. And, of course, as you talked about the history, we were often reminded by the history. But um, it's, it was always a big game for us to play the Steelers, no matter where, where, where we were. And, I, you know, I was always laughing at folks who you know, would talk about the, the difference in the rings and, the, you know, how prideful both fan bases were. But, you know, what's something that we still hold true, and it'll, it'll remain probably because I think he's done after this, is, you know, Ben Roethlisberger never beat the Raiders in Oakland. Oh, wow. And and I know they haven't played all that much, but they never beat the Raiders in Oakland. So this has been a uh, this is something that you can hold your head up high because you know here's a, a Steeler great who's going into the Hall of Fame, but he's never he's never won in Oakland, so he can't he can't take that, and he's not going to get a chance to win in Vegas. But yeah, there was there was a lot of great games uh, between our, our franchises, and I remember a couple playing them a couple times as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Reggae is on the line. How you doing, Raider Reggae? <laughs> hey man, it's Raider Reggie. Oh, but geez. That, that's funny because I was thinking no. of Reggae, oh, so it all. All right, I thought together. that was an A over there, but okay. Yeah, it's all good. Raider Reggie, I'm sorry, man. I know how I work. No problem. Plus, you got you got my big little brother on there with you, Lincoln. Man, much love. You always do the right thing and be real pleasant and approachable when I see you. And I've been seeing you for a long time coming from Oakland, man. And I'm here in Vegas now, so no problem. I got nothing but love for both of y'all. But I got a question real quick. You were saying something about, like, Regis might get to play. And, you know, I know we might not have Jacobs. So with that being said and the line being damaged, the offensive line having these new guys, young guys coming in, what do you think about the fact that we was doing so much passing in this last game? We, sh- you don't think we would have to pass so much against Pittsburgh, right? Well, um, 
it's it's I, I don't know. Uh, every game, first of all, uh, has its own um, path and and uh, it, it unfolds you know uniquely to itself. So we don't know exactly how the Raiders are going to think that they're going to have to win this game, especially as it gets going. But I would think anyway. There's no way they want to throw the ball 56 times or, you know, there's just no way. So, uh, but, but my question, and, and this is what Lincoln and I have been talking about is, all right, it's one thing to want to run the ball more, which I know they do. That's what John Gruden, you know, that's part of his offense or a big part of his offense is creating a run game. But then you have to be honest about it. Like, okay, though, the offensive line um, is is dinged up. Uh, got some different players moving in and out of the lineup uh, during the game on Monday. Uh, obviously, on Sunday, it's going to look a little different than what it was envisioned as. And then you got your running back, Josh Jacobs, who's not 100% or even looking close to 100%, Lincoln. Right. Yeah. So here goes a trip about that, too. And that, that concerned me. Like, being in the stadium and seeing it up close when Jacobs – had that first play and come up hobbling, it was just like, damn. Like, did they need to have him right now? What's going on? Did the coaches not see that he was still not 100%? But with all that being said, man, uh, Monday night, I know I got a little bit of time, but Monday night was so fire. And I've been around the Raiders. I've been a Raider fan since 75. I've been to so many big games, man. That was the most outrageous vibe in a stadium. Matter of fact, I've worked for some sports teams, and I've never felt that much vibe in a stadium, approaching the stadium, let alone inside the stadium. So I'm just hoping all the Raider fans that's here in Las Vegas and wherever they might be, Arizona, L.A., Oakland, get your butts on a plane. It's pretty cheap right now. Come to these home games. Let's black out our stadium because we go to other people's stadiums and black them out. We need to keep Allegiant blacked out and rocking like that. So when we do have home games, it is a home field advantage. I'm hoping these Raiders could put some on the Steelers. I know it's a little bit of a handicap with these guys that we're missing. But, look, I feel like Carr was slow. He started slow. But at the end, he became a surgical QB, man. That, that ending was ridiculous. And I'm hoping that gun gets him started and ready to roll right into next week like that. Looking for these rookies and uh, young receivers to step up. I'm really hoping for the second-year receivers to really blaze on them. And I'm, I'm, I'm expecting another W. Raider Nation up out. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Raider Reggie. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, you're not going to – I don't think they're going to be able to survive uh, a slow start like they had uh, on Monday night. You know, anything's possible, obviously. But I think having that home crowd advantage uh, and the, the home crowd uh, being able to inspire the defense to get uh, – to hold down the fort a little while until Derek and the offense got things rolling a little bit, you can't count on that happening, Lincoln, in, uh, you know, uh, in somebody else's house. No, no, you can't. Not, not at all. And especially Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh is another – like the Raiders – uh, you know, the Steelers country or whatever the hell they call themselves is well-traveled, um, much like the Raider Nation. So they're going to be – the terrible towels are going to be out. It's going to be, you know, three to one as far as uh, Steelers to, to Raiders fans. There's no doubt about that. But I will say this. You know, when you look at the team aspect, I, I give the Steelers credit because they found a way to beat Buffalo. They were on the road. Ben Roethlisberger did not have a tremendously good game. He did not play very well. But it was the special teams and the defense that kept him in it. 
the turnovers. And that's when you can make up, to your point that you made in an earlier segment, Vinny, that's when you can make up for maybe having not being a totally 100% or everything working for you on one side of the ball. You know, your defense, your special teams, turnovers, short sides of the field, making key plays, that's where, you know, the other guys get paid too. To, to do that. And the great thing, the gratifying thing that we saw last week against the Ravens was that the defense did play at a high energy. Now they're going to have to find a way to de- duplicate that. Max Crosby, player of the week, had a tremendous game. They're going to have to find a way to duplicate that. Um, you know, Alex Leatherwood got off to a little, little, little slow start, but played better in the second half, aside from the false start. Going to have to find a way to, to duplicate it, to, to be better. Uh, I, I, you know, um, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, Andre James has to be better with his, his, uh, his assignments and, and his details to the assignments and stuff like that. But Colton Miller, when you don't mess with an offensive lineman, you know they had a good game, right? So oh, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's the way that goes. So, I mean, these, these are little things that you have to, you know, hold high regard because they're going to be important going into a hostile environment very early in the season. Yeah, I, I almost uh, anticipate kind of an ugly game, um, just kind of the nature of things, especially when you you don't have all your guys. Right. Um, you know, so sometimes you got to uh, dirty it up a little bit and, and, and win ugly. But, you know, this is the kind of game where you need a block punt. This is the kind of game where you True need story. somebody to, 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 to break off a nice uh, punt return uh, mm-hmm. to flip a field. So, uh, like you said, everybody gets paid on that team. Uh, if you're suited up, you're expected to do your job. And this sure is shaping up as a game where um, need everybody to do a little something and maybe somebody come up with some big plays that you don't necessarily uh, expect or, right. or you know, uh, right into the game plan. Somebody needs to break something off. Uh, to help the cause a little bit. We're going to go out to, back out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line. Ron wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Ron? Um, Ron just dropped, so we're going to go out to Raider Greg. Raider Greg, what's up, brother? Me. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? I'm in a kind of a bad area. We got you, man. All right. Hey, I never called in before. I love I love your show. I love you guys do. I'm out of here in uh, Sebastopol, California, so I get no Raider talk out here. And uh, how you doing, Lincoln? Wonderful. How about yourself? All right. All right, doing well. I, I got. I just want to bring up two points. One, you know, one I haven't really, uh, I haven't heard, and I was thinking about today. And I know JT brings up this a lot with the schedule makers not doing the Raiders any favors, but you know, thinking about how they set the schedule up. I mean, I look at Pittsburgh guys more of a contemporary offense because Ben doesn't do a whole lot in the pocket, and Baltimore being more of that alternative offense. And I'd much rather have taken on Baltimore having a whole offseason to plan for them, you know, and then take on Pittsburgh on a short week and vice versa. Because I, 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 as much as I love my team, I, I wouldn't give them the hell's chance against Baltimore on a short week after, you know, coming off all these injuries. That's, um, and then I have one more point to make. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, well, no, I, I, I uh, Lincoln, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, go ahead and make your second point and we can address them both before we okay, lose great. it. Okay, great. So the, the second point is, you know, Link, is it, you know, when, when you, uh, Got some guys down like this. Is it is it easier on the offensive line? I mean, I've always kind of heard this to you know be more of a run oriented offense versus dropping back. And I know passing the ball is something that's going to be dictated if the Raiders fall behind. But if it's close, is it easier on the offensive line, especially when they're young and inexperienced, to to just kind of dedicate to the run the best you can? Okay, so the answer to the second question is is very simple. Yes, it's easier to go forward than it is to go backwards. Yes. 
um, you would much rather establish the run and dominate the run because dominating the trenches would control the momentum of the game than rather having to back up and pass 60 times a game. So yeah, the, you know, the short answer is yes. Uh, and, and, you know, look, the other factor is that you never plan for injuries. You can't plan for injuries. You try to create enough depth to where that if an injury happens, you can say that, that model of next man up. But it's not always that easy. And especially when it comes to the offensive line because we're used to playing with one another. We're used to playing together. We're not used to playing in spots. We're not used to, you know, rotating guys in and out. Most of the offensive lines that I've ever been around that have tried to do that were not very consistent and not very successful overall. You know, you got to play together. There's a lot of nonverbal communication that goes in offensive line play, especially when you're in a hostile environment. So, you know, as I look at this team going into Pittsburgh, they've got their hands full. They've got to bring certain guys up to speed. You know, whether whether you're looking at John Simpson and say, now you're my left guard and we're trying to figure out where we're going to play at, 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 at right guard, who that is. And then you got to get them out in practice and you got to get them going through the motions because now you've got you've got a true rookie at right tackle. Yeah, there's a lot of inexperience. There. You got a true yeah. rookie at right tackle and John's not scared of going max protection. But in the past, he has done max protection or chip protection with Darren Waller, which takes him out of the equation, which means that, you know, you Derek Carr can no longer be predictable and going to Hunter Renfro when they see in, uh, that Darren Waller is, pl- is blocking. Because teams are going to pick up on that, because that's what he's done in the past. So he needs to open up the he needs to open up the passing game to go to Brian Edwards or go to you know Henry Ruggs or go someone else or uh, again. Or you have to bring in Foster Moreau, another tight end, to help you chip and control the back uh, the the protection uh, and have the back help, uh, help help on the backside. And now you've got one less guy going out in in pass pro. I mean in, in pass routes. Yeah, uh, so it's like, you know, you do something, it's going to take away from something else. Absolutely. And, and uh, that's that chess game uh, that, that you talk about. And so, um, but they're going to have to, and I think it's going to be something that they're going to have to kind of piece together, uh, Lincoln. Yes. Um, it's just one of those type matchups uh, where you're down a little bit, like I said, uh, physically wise, physical wise, uh, you got some new guys in, you're already dealing with the young offensive line, um, and now you got to tinker with that a little bit. Uh, so offensively, I think the Raiders are going to have to kind of create an identity throughout the game. But again, that's where having a reliable defense makes all the difference in the world because it covers things up. Uh, I don't expect and I wouldn't anticipate a game where, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're telling Der- uh, Derek Carr, look, you're going to have to get 35 in this game. That, I don't think that's going to happen, right. <laughs> you know. So we're gonna have to find out. A, we're gonna have to figure out a different way, and that's what Derek's saying right now. Is like, okay, we'll do what we can uh, offensively, but you know, gotta have the defense do its job. And and I'll say this: I think the defense is set up much better this year than it has at any time in the recent past to be able to do just that. Uh, and I know that Gerald McCoy is a big loss. We'll see about Unique and Gakwe, but don't forget, you got. Clee Farrell coming back, um, probably, most likely. Um, you know, he's going to be back uh, in action. And I think everywhere else, the defense looks pretty sound and pretty healthy at this point. So that's a defense to me that the Raiders, John Gruden, and, and Derek Carr in the offense can look at and say, hey, you know what? They've got our back. Well, let's figure it out offensively. Do what we got to do. It might not be pretty, but just score enough points uh, to win because we feel like we got a defense uh, that's going to be able to keep it close, keep it, keep us in this game, uh, and 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 hopefully try to win this thing at the end, or t- you know that type of thing. So we'll see. Uh, but I think for the first time in a while, you kind of go into things a little bit more comfortable knowing that there's balance on this team and there's more complimentary football and just a better defense that you can rely on 
in situations where you're not going to be at your best offensively. It's a long time since we'll be able to really be able to say that yeah. about the Raiders. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. It is a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Yeah, it's hard, uh, but the way that we practice during camp, I mean, you've seen it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a one, two, or three. We all practice together. You know, coaches putting the third O line with me. You know, he's putting the third receivers with me, you know, uh, and vice versa. You know, we're just, it's mixed up because coach knows that in this game, injuries happen. So um, everyone's held, that way, everyone's held to the standard of, I don't care if you're in with the ones, twos, or three. I don't care where you're at. This is the standard that we have to practice at and, and, and execute at. So with that said, guys are ones for a reason, right? But you do have confidence in the guys playing because you've played and had reps with them, and they wouldn't be on this team if Coach didn't feel good about them. That's Derek Carr uh, talking about, hey, uh, if you're on the team, basically, you're here for a reason. That means you can play. The coaches believe you can play. Um, I'm going to believe you can play, too. So if you're in there, get the job done. And um, that's just kind of how it is. And I always have to remind uh, myself sometimes even, Lincoln, uh, you know, when you're out there at a practice, those that collection of players represents part of the 1% of this entire planet that can do this at a high level, that the, 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 all these guys can play. You know, um, it's just some guys are way, you know, are better than others. Obviously, we all we all understand that. But, you know, when you can pluck a guy like uh, Jermaine uh, Illuminor off your bench, who's got uh, 11 career starts, uh, he's, he's, he's played in 40 games in his career, uh, it's not like this is a guy that doesn't know how to play football uh, or can't function as a reliable player. And I got to give him credit, Lincoln. He played pretty well when called yeah. upon on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, I was listening to that excerpt by Derek, and it, it's 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 no wonder why a lot of quarterbacks tend to run for office afterwards yeah. after their careers because they had, know how to say everything right. And, yeah, uh, that's exactly the way you're supposed to play it. Look, you know, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You can't be down on it. I mean, the game's going to go on. The fact that you still have 16 games and you have high aspirations of being in the postseason, so you want to have more games than that, you got to look forward to the next opponent. And it's not going to be easy. You know, we, we talked about it, uh, you know, in various times throughout the, throughout the shows that the, the schedule, even on paper, is difficult. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there are, no, there are no easy wins, and there are not supposed to be any easy wins in the National Football League or any other professional sports, uh, you know, uh, collection. But uh, the truth of the matter is there are no easy wins, and they've got a very – It'll be interesting to see how the Raiders come out of this first month, the first month in general. I mean, because they've got a lot of teams that have got some some, some high in power that they're going to go up against in these first four weeks. By the way, uh, Jermaine uh, Illuminor mm -hmm. uh, grew up in London or England. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was born in England, uh, attended uh, Haverstock School, played mm -hmm. rugby and cricket. Uh, and then he became interested in American football uh, after watching a football game. And uh, eventually they moved to the United States at age 14. And, and that's uh, how it all started rolling for him. Uh, but, um, you know, you, 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 have to, you have to get out there and play. You have to be able to rely on, on, on other players. And I think that's what Derek is, is absolutely uh, talking about. And, and the show goes on. And that's just the facts of the matter. And then it's on the coaches to kind of figure out a path to victory, uh, what's going to work, what might not work, um, and who you can rely on. But first and foremost, Lincoln, it's just, you know, getting a, a handle on who you're going to be able to 
put out I, there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and yeah. that's there's still some great unknown uh, in that regard, which makes preparing that much more difficult because you have to know. You have to have some idea of is it going to be Josh Jacobs or are you going to go to or uh, Kenyon Drake? You know, is Reggie Incognito uh, going to be back or is it going to be, uh, you know, John Simpson and Jermaine uh, as the two starting guards? So because it changes things. Uh, there's no question uh, that changes things. But uh, we will see. We've got uh, a few days to work with uh, and see by Saturday or so um, who's who's ready to go, who's up and who's not up. Uh, and go try to win a football game for the Raiders uh, in Pittsburgh. Out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider 27 is on the line. How you doing, Raider 27? Uh, Max Crosby. I kind of kept watching over and over and over. I was amazed at all the little things he does, all the little detail. You know, everybody talks about, oh, it's attention to detail. It's But just slight head movements and slight hand movements and Little fakes here and there. It's just amazing the things that he's doing now that get himself open. And then also while I'm on the phone, you know, you were talking about the offense. I really would prefer our offense be completely detailed to who we're playing. You know, some weeks I don't I, mainly I don't care if they throw the ball 35 times a game and run the ball in the fourth quarter and just take it to just run them in the grant, run the ball down their throat at the end of the game. That's a, that's the personality of a tough team. You know, I, I, I think watching the Baltimore game, um, I think the game plan was we're not really going to even try to run the ball against these guys with young offensive line. Let's just chuck this thing all over the place and see what happens. And, you know, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you just – I remember uh, John Gruden played the Steelers one year, and I don't think he ran the ball two or three times the whole game, you know, because no one could run on the Steelers that year. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I haven't watched the Steelers yet, but um, that's just kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I agree, and you can't – you know, uh, there's no singular way to, to win football games. You can't – just do one thing well because somebody's going to take that away from you and you better be able to do the other thing uh, just as well, if not better, uh, to, to compensate. So, you know, I'm with you. I go back to what Kobe Bryant said. Kobe Bryant, you know, they were somebody asked him, uh, you know, how many shots he takes, how many shots he has to take uh, in a game because he always got criticized, Lincoln, you know this, for taking too many shots. And he brought up Mozart because there's a whole story about how Mozart writes a symphony and the King of England said, there's too many notes. I just feel like there's too many notes. And Mozart was too many notes. There's never, there's not too few, too many. It is what it is. And, and, and Kobe Bryant literally brought that up and said, it's like what Mozart said. It's not about shooting too much or shooting too little. It's what do, what do you have to do to win the game? If I need to take five shots to win the game, I'll take five shots. If I need to take 30 shots to, 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 to help us win the game, I'll take 30 shots. And so that it, it ends up evolving into that during, the, during a game, and you just got to do what you have to do to win that particular game. But I still, Lincoln, don't think that 56 times is a uh, – that's No, not- I, I don't either. And you know what? Just to, the, to capitalize on the point that he made about Max Crosby, yeah. I was thinking a moment ago when you were talking about Cleveland Farrell, I hope that Farrell takes this opportunity, and, and I hope he's healthy enough to do it. Right. That's to where he, where he, he, he capitalizes on the energy that Max has sort of already created for the defense. Yeah. Because if you watch the one game, if you watch that game over, and I did a couple of times already, um, 
the 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 energy that Max drew off of the crowd, drew all, and 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 kept the crowd into it was indicative of how hard he's worked for this moment. Yeah. Last year was a little bit of a setback and obviously, you know, when you, you with COVID happening, it's 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 something that we can never ever prepare for. Every game seemed to turn look like a glorified scrimmage with no fans around. Yep. But um it, it, that energy was missing and you're going through the motions and teams worked on shutting down Max Crosby. But now with you had when you had the likes of Ngakwe in, in the game and uh, even on the other end if you had Carl Nassim, you still had pressure from the outside uh with Max Crosby in there. They were doing their job and that's what they're going to need to do they're going to need to generate it so i'm hoping that if cleveland farrow is on the same is on the field the same time that max is that they both can still duplicate that high energy because that that gets defenses fired up that gets people fired up um so i i hope that happens but in the interim and talking about the offense you know guys go through coaches go through creating an identity right whatever their specialty is okay in this case we're talking about the head coach john gruden his identity is run sets up the pass. He would like to run the ball, not only eat up the clock, but he would like to start working in play action. He doesn't want to just sit there and shotgun and, and go and, and try to think it and toss it around. Um, understanding that is understanding your identity. Understanding that you have a quarterback that will, has a very quick internal clock because he doesn't want to get hit. He's not going to hold on the ball for long, so he'll take a check down. Um, he'll throw it to his, his primary receiver. He'll stare down his primary receiver, and he'll throw it to him. And there are times where he'll, he'll throw a 50-50 ball even when nobody's open. We've seen it. That's his, you know, that's his MO. That's his identity. So knowing those things, you know, it's not just simple, let, let's just go run the ball. <laughs> timing. Right. Timing. Backs are different. Some backs run out of eye back better. Some backs run out of gun run better. Some backs run out of single back better. Offensive linemen are different. Some are better at power blocking. Some are better at zone blocking. Some are better, you know, complement both. Can do both, not just not one better than the other, kind of equally as well. It's it's there are so many intangibles, and that's why the greatest thing about this game is that it's a team game. Yeah, for sure. And you know, getting back to Max Crosby real quick, uh, I criticized him last year. You know, he didn't have a good year, and some of that was on injuries that we didn't know of. Uh, you know, he showed up after the season. You know, uh, with the with a photo of himself in a hospital after a surgery uh, on his I, I, IG account. So you, you throw that into the equation. But the fact is, whether it was um, some of the adjustments that teams were making to him that he didn't adjust well enough against, uh, you know, conversely, uh, or he just didn't quite have as good of a year, the numbers show he wasn't as good last year as he was the year before. Um, I criticized him for that. And uh, a lot of people are now, oh, you're wrong. And I'm like, well... Um, I was going off what I saw last year, mm-hmm. all right? But I'm also uh, professional enough to say what, I, what we saw for Max Crosby on Monday, we didn't see any of that. We never saw Did you? Do you remember seeing that last year at all from Max No, Crosby? no, 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 no. And, so and, he got yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, and I'm, and it's, it's, it's on us. That's our job to acknowledge that. He played better on Monday than, he, than at any point ever. There wasn't one time last year that Max Crosby played that good. And I give him all the credit because he put the work in. I was over in Henderson in, uh, you know, just about about a month before the, before the start of training camp where there's Max Crosby um, working at a pass rush camp 
with um, the name's escaping me, but the great defensive end from uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot his name. Demarcus Ware? No, uh, uh, Demarcus. Mil- yeah, Von Miller. Miller. Von okay. Miller has a exactly. Demarcus mm-hmm. was there. He was he was one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. But there on a Saturday afternoon when he could have been do- doing anything else. There's Max Crosby working with a bunch of young players trying to get better. And, you know, he put the work in, and he deserves the accolades. And uh, I don't think I was wrong. I was basing it on what he did last year, which wasn't a very good year. But now he's on his way to potentially having a great year, and he deserves all the credit for that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It is a Wednesday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m.